I was in Boston yesterday covering the Penguins' unscheduled practice at TD Garden. Had a travel issue getting to Ottawa, so they stayed there an extra day. I get into the rink about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes early, something like that. And there's one player on the ice all by himself. The only sound being made in this 18,000-seat arena are his skates, his stick, the sound of him stick handling, and then the sound of the clang of the crossbar when he scores a gorgeous goal. Top left pipe and bar. Down and in. Punchline? It was Tristan Jari. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. The Penguins are in Ottawa, finally, for a game tonight against the Senators. That's a 708 p.m. face-off, but yesterday continued to be at least around the Penguins, if not within the Penguins, all about Brad Marchand and Jari. We don't need to go over what happened Tuesday night. Been there, done that, discussed it on yesterday's show, but it did come up again yesterday with Mike Sullivan. In particular, the part about how the Penguins players responded to Marchand's attacks, plural, on Jari right when they happened. This was Sullivan's answer yesterday. We're, we're going to play the game that gives us the best chance to win. And that's, uh, that's how we look at it. We're going to play to our strengths. And this team is built a certain way. We're going to play to those strengths. There can't be many fans eager to hear an answer like that. Anybody who follows a sports team, especially those who do so passionately, believe in some degree of emotional transference. And if that sounds like too big a term for anything related to sports, let me try to explain it. When they're mad, they want to see the coach and or players mad. I have seen in all sports that no matter how bad, something gets on the ice or on the field or on the court, if they see that their people are freaking out over it, then they're okay because then it's like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one that cares this much. They also care, even though it really should be kind of presumed that they care. If you think that Sullivan isn't angry about what Marchand did, you're out of your mind. If you think that the rest of the Penguins, including all five skaters who were on the ice, and it was Sidney Crosby, Brian Russ, Jake Gensel, Brian Dumoulin, Chris Letang, if you think that they weren't mad about it, still out of your mind. But if you think that Jari was upset about it, Oh, no, 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 no chance of that. None whatsoever. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. 
where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. I joke about Jari's seeming obliviousness, and he does very much have that trait about him. He forgets stuff. He smiles through anything. There's virtually no chance that he was thinking about Marchand or what had just happened in that minute-long sequence there, like two minutes later. When I asked Jari after the game to share any emotion that he might have about it, he tilted his head and looked at me like he didn't even know what I was asking. And I don't say any of this in some derisive tone. He's just like that. And it's a really, really nice trait for a goaltender of all professions to have. But that can't and shouldn't preclude the rest of us from having a very real discussion on this. My stance on this hasn't changed from the moment I witnessed it live, right below the point of the press box where I was sitting. My stance didn't change with anything I heard from anyone associated with the Penguins, whether it was that night, whether it was yesterday. My stance definitely wasn't affected by the NHL suspending Marchand for six games. The Department of Player Safety very clearly looked at the fact that Marchand had seven previous suspensions and said, well, we can't give him nothing because this is going to be his eighth suspension, so reluctantly made it six games. Six games looks okay for a first-time offender. It might actually look even a little excessive for a first-time offender, but this was his eighth, so they had no choice. So don't give them any credit in one direction or the other. My stance wouldn't have changed with anything that they did because my stance was rooted in how the Penguins reacted. That's infinitely more important than whether or not Boston gets to use this player for the next couple of weeks. And my stance remains that I don't don't like it. It left a sour taste. And understand, that comes from someone who is a vociferous supporter of this head coach, his system, his emphasis on discipline, his relentless focus to his players to just play. I'm anything but a proponent of reverting hockey to where it was 15, 20, 30 years ago. But I also don't see the world, much less something a lot simpler like sports, through any kind of black and white prism. There's always room for some gray. There's always room for nuance. And in this case, in my eyes, not one but two lines were crossed. Sure, if you missed the punch from the side, you're to be excused for not immediately reacting. Chris Letang, as far as I could tell, was the only one 
who saw this, and Latang went bonkers. I still haven't seen a TV video replay that supports what I'm about to say, but again, I watched it live. That's why you fly to these things. Latang was going to kill Marshad, except that he got cut off by Boston's Charlie McAvoy. Never had a chance. And the rest of the guys, like Sid, you could tell, had no idea what had just happened. But when the rest of this plays out, when Marchand skates in front of Jari and stick swipes him across the neck area or the mask, and that happens right in front of Brian Rust and Brian Dumoulin, and there's no mistaking this because they're both looking right at it. You can see this much on the video. And there's no reaction, nothing at all. Zero. Zero. I'm sorry. That's where the wires have to burst. That's where you just got to say, are you serious, dude? You serious? We don't care how nuts you are. We don't care what your reputation is. We don't care what kind of a goofball you are, how everybody in this town, meaning Boston, laughs off all your wacky antics. You can't do that to our goaltender. The sport's changed a lot over the last few years, almost entirely for the better. But that hasn't. You can't do that. And there needed to be a line drawn right there in that moment. And there wasn't. And now, you know, the rest of the league knows. And not everybody has caught up with modern hockey. Certainly not all the various retreads coaching around the league. And you're going to see traffic at Jari. You're going to see dirtiness at Jari. And boy, are you going to see it in the playoffs, especially if he keeps playing like this. At some point, Sullivan's going to have to understand that he can set the guidelines and the rules and the expectations and the culture for his own team, but he can't do it for all 32. Nobody's operating in a bubble. When we come back, just one question. For just one question, that's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com/dk. FuboTV.com/dk. Time for our just one question segment. Today's comes from Kevin in Albuquerque, New Mexico, who asks, am I the only one to notice that as opposed to past incidents where Penguins players were put at risk due to the NHL continuing to embrace thuggery, there was silence from the top down, no garage league references, no nothing. No, Kevin, you're not the only one to notice. Uh, In sitting at that practice yesterday in Boston, two sections over to my right and a little bit back were Brian Burke and Ron Hextall. 
And man, to be a fly on a wall to hear what those two were saying. Because there's nothing anyone could offer in my direction to convince me that those two wouldn't have been completely appalled at what they witnessed. But I also understand and respect that they support their head coach and his broader vision in every way. And if you're a good manager, whether that's GM or president of hockey operations or whatever the title happens to be, if you're a good manager, you're not going to allow one incident to overshadow all the good, no matter how strongly you might feel about it yourself, no matter how much it goes against everything you've learned, absorbed, even loved about the game through all your many years in it. I am beyond positive that with Burke, especially, if you put him into his previous role before coming to Pittsburgh as a commentator on Canadian national TV, and you showed him this scene, he would have ripped up the Penguins to shreds. So why doesn't he do it now? Why doesn't Hextall do it now? Why doesn't, for that matter, you know, Mario Lemieux, the author of the infamous Garage League phrase, pipe up, well, ownership's in a little bit of a state of flux, and I think it'd be weird if anyone at Fenway Sports Group said something. It'd be just as weird, really, right about now, if Mario did. But these two, Burke and Hextall, are around this hockey team all the time. Some of you in hearing me describe this scene at practice might think, wait, really? Why? They were there? Yeah, they travel everywhere. They watch every session, practices, skates, warm-ups, everything. They never take their eyes off their hockey team. And as one might expect, they're in constant communication, especially Hextall. With Sullivan, when I asked Sullivan a question, this was Monday in Boston, about Valtteri Pustinen being called up from the AHL, Sullivan started relaying conversations that he'd had not only with Hextall on the subject, really detailed conversations, but also with J.D. Forrest, the head coach down in Wilkes-Barre. There's constant back and forth with all of these guys. And because of that, and this is why I'm bringing it up, they find a way to get on the same page. There's not, at least not from anything I've heard from anyone, an inkling of pushback, back and forth. They talk it out. They're open about it. I'm sure they share their thoughts when they disagree, but at the end of the day, when they leave the room, when they leave the rink, they're doing so as one. And I've been really, really, really impressed with that. And at least a little bit surprised. And you can now see why. Maybe more than we might have considered just 48 hours ago. I appreciate the question. That's good stuff. 
I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one tomorrow. big money and transform your home with new appliances now at menards we offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today check out top appliance brands including KitchenAid, maytag whirlpool amana and criterion upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at menards shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at menards.com save big money at You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.